Welcome into the official. We've got a great show for you this week after a nice restful Christmas and New Year's break. We are bringing you the three-star series here. So in January, maybe bleeding a little bit into February, we're going to tell you the best three stars that we think are in the 2024 class. Uh, so this week, we're going to start with quarterbacks. We're going to go in the, our favorite three-star quarterbacks. I think everyone's got about four or five guys. So you're going to get about 15 names here uh, of three-star quarterbacks to keep an eye on. And without further ado, this is The Official. All right. Good evening, fellas. Uh, it's um, it's through the holidays. We're into the doldrums of winter now. But fortunately, we have plenty of recruiting news updates and things to look at to keep us warm. And, you know, the great thing is recruiting is just truly a year-round situation. You know, tonight we're talking three-star QBs, but right now all the practices for the Under Armour, I don't know if it's Under Armour, the All-American, one of the All-American games are going on today, this whole week. I guess the game is on Saturday, and we'll have to talk about that. So there's just always something with recruiting. makes it very easy to have a year-round show, which is what we're bringing you to you guys. You guys ready to get into some three-star QBs, though? Yep. All right. So before we get started, of course, got to remind you to go check out homefieldapparel.com. I know football season is about over. We're going to have the national championship between Michigan and Washington next Monday. However, they have apparel for all your favorite schools and honestly just cool stuff to wear with really fun logos. A lot of times uh, going back into the history of these schools and they have anything from school of uh, Colorado School of Mines to, you know, Michigan, one of the oldest and uh, most storied programs in college football and everything in between. So homefieldapparel.com, go check it out. Shirts, pants, sweatshirts, uh, hoodies, hats. And if it's your first time buying something from them, type in Campus 2 Canton. That's with the number two and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. And then also, of course, check out campus2canton.com, our parent website that uh, basically fuels the official here on YouTube or podcast that you're listening to. If you haven't been there yet, shame on you. Honestly, at this point, like you really should be going to the website, but they have, uh, or we've got um, all sorts of tools to help you with college fantasy football. Um, everything that we're doing uh, is basically fueled by that site and uh, all the tools and uh, data that we have there is informing a lot of our decisions that we talk about here on this. Um, everything from college fantasy football to the NFL side, starting as little as $2.99 per month over at campustocanda.com. So go check that out. All right, with the business out of the way, let's get into some recruiting talk. And, you know, this is honestly really fun time of year for me. I love talking about three stars. We'll probably go through the G5 lists later um, in the, in the, winter time here but you know we all have about five guys and i think these guys are are fun i think you can really throw out the window here for expectation of maybe like true nfl potential but these are guys we think are fun and obviously with a fantasy lens guys we think can can contribute on a college fantasy football team 
Now I'd like to turn back the clock a little bit here, guys. And you see, you see here on the Google Doc that um, well, I feel like we've had some hits. You know, when you're limiting just to three stars only, you're taking away a lot of the guys that most sites and everything are saying are the best players. But we've identified some players that have gotten on the field in the first two years. Uh, Matt, I know you like Josh Hoover. And he started this year for TCU. So in his second year, he's already starting for at least half the season. Um, you know, do you want to talk a little bit, just remind the people what you liked about him coming out? Uh, what Was he one of my picks? I, if he was, I don't remember. Was yours Alfred, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was yours. Um, no, I actually watched the video. You must have come around on him at some point because uh, you did talk about Josh Hoover. But um, kind of oh, a pocket wow. passer. He did start for TCU this year as a second-year player, 62% completion, uh, 15 touchdowns, nine picks. He didn't blow the doors off anything, but, um, you know, I think if these guys are getting on the field, we did a pretty good job identifying them. That means at the very worst, they're too deep and get on the field with an injury or earn the starting job. Uh, MJ Morris is now in the transfer portal. He was one. I think David had to picked out, um, and he looked pretty good, played as a true freshman for NC State. Played again this year and now is in the transfer portal. Presumably will go somewhere to start. Um, we had Connor Harrell, who started the bowl game for UNC after sitting behind Drake May for two years. And he is, by all you know, information I can find, is expected to start in year three for UNC next year. Obviously, we know that offense can put up big numbers. And finally, the biggest hit so far, I think, Thomas Castellanos. And he's a guy who went to UCF sat for a year, played very sparingly, and then transferred to Boston College where he earned the starting job this year. He was suspect as a passer, 15 touchdowns, 14 picks. That's really not what you want to see uh, from the passing game. But the guy ran for over 1,000 yards, and I don't know where he finished as a QB in fantasy, but he ran for over 1,000 yards. I'm, I'm presuming he was a startable fantasy football QB for sure. Uh, playing for Boston College this year, going for a thousand yards on the ground, and, and you know we like to see that, and that was always part of the expectation with Castellanos. And then the the ones from last year, unfortunately, nobody saw the field. Uh, we picked out six QBs last year of three star, and uh, none of them played very much at all this year. So jury's out, still waiting for that. Although look, going down the list, a lot of them sat behind like established starters, uh, which you know makes some sense. They were unable to get on the field. So tonight, I've done quite a monologue here. Sorry, guys. But tonight, we're going to list about 15 guys. So hopefully, we'll keep track of them, and we will see some of these guys on the field maybe as early as this year. David, starting with you, just for fun, uh, no real order here, everyone. So if you're watching or listening on the podcast, is not in, in rank order. These are just all these guys we like for one reason or another. So David, let's talk about Alessio Milivojevic, I believe is what it would be uh, pronounced. And uh, obviously, really fun name. You think he's a fun player. He is committed to Michigan State. Big guy, 6'3", 220. Uh, and go ahead and tell us what you like about him. So he's like a coach's kid type guy. All right, so this throw right here travels around 58 yards. So his max velocity, though, is only 46. So it suggests he has a noodle. I, I don't know. He doesn't really throw a lot of uh, lasers. He, he's kind of more of like a finesse touch guy. Throws open space here. He's kind of a ball placement, um, accuracy type guy. Can fit, he can fit it into some tight windows, too. 
Um, but I think he's pretty good recognizing, you know, um, defense is pre-snap, uh, kind of always knows where the safety is, and he can, like, layer, put it in the hole. Um, but I, I think he's going to be kind of a coach's pet type guy, like a really intangibles sort of guy. Like, he's not – this is a guy – I'm trying to stray away from, like, the super flashy guys a little bit. Um, but he's more of, like, a steady, reliable type guy. I don't know if he's going to – you never really know in this in the landscape right now if he'll actually start at Michigan State or whatever. He might actually be like the backup, like behind Aiden Chili's, but like they don't really I don't know if they really have anyone after him. So he actually could immediately be the backup. So I don't know. Maybe there could be some opportunity there, but yeah, just sort of a steady Eddie uh guy that I think could start at some point for someone. I mean, with it, when you're talking about you're limiting your scope to only three stars, I mean, I think that's if you think he can start at all at some point, that's not uh, it's not a half bad bet to make. But, you know, you said not flashy, but his numbers are incredible. His senior year, 73 percent completion, 10 yards per attempt, 137 QBR. Um, those are all fantastic numbers. And then even chipped in 331 and nine on the ground. So, I mean, certainly not a zero kind of on the ground and, and that suggests at least some functional athleticism. All right, Matt, moving over to you, a guy who I, he was on my radar. I did not select him as my final five, but man, I think this guy could be really good and diving in a little bit today, preparing for this. I think you, you probably found uh, one of, one of the better guys on, on, on that we'll talk about tonight. So let's go into Jaden Glasser headed to, what is it? Central. It's one of the Michigans, Central, Central Michigan. Michigan. Central Michigan. So uh, tell us about him. Uh, yeah, he, he kind of came on my radar, radar pretty late here. Uh, but I think he really checks a lot of boxes for us. Uh, I was able to get his ball velocity at around 56 miles per hour, which is one of the highest in the class, I believe second highest currently. Uh, so he definitely has that physical upside. He's a big guy, six foot two, 230. Uh, and he's a pretty good, powerful runner on top of it. You know, he's, he's not going to shake anybody open field, but He's definitely going to get a good amount of goal line work, I'd imagine. Uh, I don't know how, necessarily how much we love the Central Michigan spot, but uh, you know, I, I don't think they've really gotten anybody to this talent level, uh, at least as a passer. I know we like Bert Emanuel, but uh, you know, he he didn't really show off his arm that great this year. So, uh, and you know, two classes apart, I believe, or one class. So, I'm not too worried about that. Uh, pretty good stats this year: 61 completion, 31 touchdowns, eight interceptions. Uh, I'm pretty surprised he didn't get more offers, honestly, just because the physical profile alone, uh, stats to back it. I think he was pretty good on the 7v7 scene and uh, just, you know, going to camps for uh, college programs. He looked good there, too, as well. So uh, kind of a question mark for me there. Why? But uh, I, I think he's probably my favorite guy that I'm going to talk about tonight. So uh, definitely still on your radar. Yeah, I really like that. I think, like you said, I mean, there's there's not going to be tons of competition. We do like Bert Emanuel. That was always for his athletic rushing ability, which he has already showcased even as a true freshman, I think, two years ago. Or was it – It was two. he's been there for two years, I believe. Um, and then Jace, the guy who was playing quarterback, Jace Bauer, is transferred, I believe. So, you know, it's either going to be like Bert Emanuel Wildcat all day or, you know, this guy could have an opportunity early. And you mentioned the velocity. You have both. You have the top two velo guys in the class on your list. Um, if you want to know Matt's type, it's the big velo, but uh, which makes sense. But, yeah, I think that does suggest, you know, 
real potential if he shows something could be one of the uh, a guy who starts in the G5 and, and finishes in the P5. Um, I totally think he smacks a little bit of, of like a better version of Max Brown who went to UF, showed a little bit and then transferred to Charlotte um, just in terms of the size and the, the kind of that same rushing kind of upside, but then his arm looks much better than Max Brown's was, at least from a velocity standpoint. So I think there's real potential there uh, with him. And um, all right. So then I will talk about first guy on my list, uh, Jared Hollins, and he's going to South Alabama, bigger kid, <clears throat> six foot four tall wise, but only 185. So he's kind of a string bean, but going to an offense, we really like South Alabama. And I know we do like Gio Lopez, who started played some games for them this year, uh, played a lot of the bowl game and looked good. And he was, I don't know if we officially cited him on a on a podcast last year, but certainly was a guy we talked about and liked. We, we definitely did. I think he was on either the G5. Oh, yeah, he must have been the, the G5 show. show. So we like Gio Lopez a lot. But, you know, in the era of the transfer portal and all this stuff, either maybe Gio Lopez is really good and transfers out to, a, to an upgrade – or Holland's transfer somewhere if Gio Lopez looks like he's going to play for three years. Um, so I'm just betting more on talents. Um, the landing spot's good at South Alabama, but it may he may not wind up there, I guess. So anyway, this is what he looks like. He's definitely a rushing threat. Uh, ran for 419 yards and eight touchdowns. Uh, also had 66%, 11.3 yards per attempt, which I like, and 140 QBR, which is like really, really high um, <clears throat> for any class. The arm showed up with a 49 velo, so that's not like amazing, but you know, it does he does have a few to the sideline that look like they get there with some some zip. And occasionally it looks like he can float him a little bit too. Uh, and I mean that not necessarily in a good way, but like some of his balls just kind of float rather than getting there with a lot of urgency. But I think it's certainly good enough for the G5 and you know, a dual threat guy going to a good G5 Sunbelt team. I like that combination, and so that's why Jaron Holland makes my list even sitting behind Gio Lopez for a minute. All right, David, I'm going to give you what you've said is probably one of your favorite guys, I guess. I'm not putting words in your mouth, but Henry Hasselbeck, I'm assuming he's got to be of the QB royalty Hasselbecks. Is that right? Yeah, he's Matt Hasselbeck's kid. All right, Matt Hasselbeck's kid. We're all – I mean, I'm certainly old enough – to be seeing the children of guys I grew up with now going to college. It's been happening for a few years now, but it's just like every year there's like two or three. So Henry Hasselbeck going to UCLA. What do you like? Which is just kind of odd. Cause he's like probably the least focused on football. He's, he plays like every single sport. He's actually like an elite lacrosse player. He was a little, he's got some, his arm I would say is kind of average. He's a skinny dude. So he's like six, two, six, three, one eighty. Um, but he's got good agility. He's surprisingly athletic. Like I said, he played. Um, he was originally committed to Maryland, to, which is like a powerhouse lacrosse team. He was going to play lacrosse, but then decided against it, and he's going to play football instead. So um, I don't know. Gatorade Player of the Year in Massachusetts. Um, you know, surprisingly athletic. I think if he fills out his frame, like his his arm will improve. Um, but like a pretty, I imagine he's going to be a pretty smart player. Like he does well against pressure. Um, this is a pretty good run here. You can see he runs in the four fives currently. So, um, and he's got a little, he's got some moves there too. So, um, he's going to UCLA. You know, 
they like to run their QBs a little bit. So if he can become the starter there, I think he'd be a decent fantasy guy. Yeah, I think we have his velo at 51 too. I mean, that's definitely not bad. Um, and yeah, surprisingly, you know, I don't know. We didn't watch Matt Hasselbeck and, and some of the other Hassel Tim uh, when they were in high school. I mean, I don't know if they were all athletic, but yeah, certainly was surprised to see him with like 700 rushing yards on the season. And and even in those clips there, he, he does have some scoot to him. <clears throat> all right, going back over to Matt. J.D. Davis, another one of these. I think we have, uh, I think all of us, together have all the directional Michigan schools covered on this list. So I guess they're doing a good job of recruiting some fun QBs or something, but um, JD Davis going to Western Michigan. Uh, let me find him here. And what do you like about uh, this guy? Uh, yeah. So he plays at Grayson in Georgia. So uh, right off the bat, you know, you know, he's going against some of the best competition in the country. Uh, and he did really well against them this year. I mean, 11, three record, uh, 70% completion rating, 35 touchdowns, only one interception. But then he's, he's a pretty functional runner on the ground too, uh, almost 300 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns. So that, that alone, doing that against such high-level competition is always impressive. Uh, I, I think he really stands out in that, uh, especially these downfield throws. I think he has pretty good ball placement generally. He's a good anticipator. I think he has good poise in the pocket, uh, which is something you know, I, I, I think – could lead him to being uh, someone that could get on the field early there. Uh, commit to Western Michigan if I didn't say it, uh, which, you know, isn't that amazing of a CFS spot, but they are set to hire a new uh, offensive coordinator. I don't believe they have yet. So uh, I'm hoping for that at least. But, you know, I think he's a guy who's just ready to go, you know, right off the bat. Could be like a second half of the year guy that starts getting rotated in at least, uh, you know, depending how they do there. I, I don't think they exactly have uh, – you know, a stud quarterback in place that I'm aware of. So, right, uh, totally agree. They they haven't had a quarterback for a little while now, but you know, certainly could could do some offense. I mean, they had Sky Moore. I think there was uh, who put up a whole lot of yards, and I think there was a guy before Sky Moore, right before uh, that was pretty good. They they were in a decent offense. I mean, uh, Corey Davis way back. Corey Davis was way back. There was someone between Davis and Sky Moore, I think. Didn't go to the NFL, but like was uh, I can't recall. Edge, but still, uh, an offense that definitely has potential. And, you know, anytime in the MAC, those things could turn over in any season. And all of a sudden, you've got a great offense. So <clears throat> uh, that is certainly an interesting one. I like him too. Um, I'm going to go with another MAC QB, Caleb Osborne, who's probably the, might be one of the biggest guys on this list. Um, 6'4", 200, but actually looks a little bit bigger than that. Maybe it's just the rest of his team looks small. But he's going to Toledo, who has guys on the roster. Um, you know, the Daquan Finn's in the portal. He's been their starter for two or three years now. Really good dual threat. Excellent fantasy quarterback in that offense. Um, and they've got a guy who started the bowl game. Didn't do terrible, but... You know, uh, I'm sure it'll be an open competition, and Osborne could be a guy who comes on second half of the season, like you just mentioned, for Davis. But, yeah, he's a big kid. His numbers are obscene uh, as a senior. He went for 73% completion, 11.5 yards per attempt, 139 QBR, and get this, 1,800 rushing yards and 25 rushing touchdowns. That's in one season. Uh, absolutely bonkers stuff on the ground. He is absolutely going to be a threat 
on the ground. His arm isn't shockingly good. I think it's like somewhere in the high 40s of a velo that we've got him. Oh, no, a 52 velo. That's not too bad. It doesn't look super strong. Some of these throws, I do think, kind of float a little bit. I'd like to see him get to the sideline with more zip. Um, but, you know, all the tools here, including landing spot and conference in the MAC, uh, to just be a very strong CFF guy, uh, you know, should he get a chance to start. So very, very interesting player. And even a guy that, you know, if you hear at some point in the middle of the season or heck, even in spring, he comes in and they're like, wow, this guy's a guy. I mean, I wouldn't hesitate to, to draft him actually late in a, a CFF draft just because that offense is awesome. Uh, and we'll probably continue to be. All right, moving on to David. We got going real deep in our bag here, a preferred walk-on. David's going to talk about here. So let us know about Anthony Rizak. I guess that's how you say it. Yeah, this is a questionable pick, but I don't know. I kind of I kind of think it's fun. Like, he's a preferred walk-on Notre Dame. I I obviously think he's just going to like develop there for a couple of years and then just transfer and, and try to try to get a starting job somewhere. But um, he was the Gatorade player of the year, Mr. Football in Nebraska. Like, I don't know, he's 6'3", 195, like pretty big frame. Like he's going to probably get to like 220, like has a probably like an average arm right now, but I think he can get, get it stronger. He's got pretty good footwork there. You see him kind of sliding to his left pretty, pretty effortlessly, makes this guy miss. So he's got some dual threat ability, uh, you know, 900 yards rushing, 15 TDs on the ground, efficient passers, 73% uh, completion percentage. So it's, I don't know, I think he's, I don't know, I think he could have been like a G5 guy for sure. Like that's kind of, a, I'm hoping he kind of eventually um, transfers down after a little bit of development and, um, you know, becomes a starter somewhere. Yeah, that's that's deep from left field, but I don't mind it. And watching a little of his clips today after I saw that name, you know, the a lot of times with these guys who you consider big time runners, uh, I mean, he had like service academy offers and some Ivy League offers. So uh, he elected a preferred walk on in Notre Dame. But like I was like, oh, man, he's not going to have any arm whatsoever. But the arm doesn't look bad, to be honest, like the motion's pretty slick. Um does not look uncomfortable throwing the ball. Some of these guys who end up going to like Air Force and stuff like do not look like they can throw the ball at all. So pretty interesting guy there. You know, I obviously they have CJ Carr coming in who's expected to be the guy, but with injuries and you just never know what's going to happen. Maybe he's an interesting name to file away. All right, let's go to Matt, who I think next on the list is going to be the biggest arm in the class that we have registered. And that is um, Dion Batiste. Tell us about this guy going to Wyoming, not usually a place where you want the QB for fantasy purposes, but uh, Josh Allen went to Wyoming. So you never know. Yeah, this is definitely not that much of a CFF bet. And honestly, it probably won't be that great of a Debbie bet, but uh, I mean, the upside with him is uh, I think incredibly high. I mean, you can see in the clips laser arm, uh, Unfortunately, his uh, high school career, uh, statistically wise, has not been too good. Uh, as a junior, he was only like a 42% completion rate passer. This year, 51 completion, so he did get a little bit better. Nine touchdowns, five interceptions, negative 114 rushing yards. Uh, normally, I wouldn't go out to bat for a player like this, but uh, he is playing in a wing T offense. 
on a, ten, on a team that did not win a single game this year. So I, I think he legitimately is out there uh, with no help. He's obviously not that developed already. So uh, definitely not someone that I would expect to start, you know, the first two years for sure. But I, I think the upside there is extremely enticing. I mean, his arm is bigger than some of these top guys in like Rail, Lagway. Like, you know, they both have really high-end arms. I'm able to get uh, even higher with him. So I think that upside alone is enticing. Uh, it's a total boomer bust. He has a long way to go uh, to be developed. Uh, so, yeah, it's just a uh, – just a hopefully a potential slam dunk pick, but it probably won't be. <laughs> yeah, well, you know the everything about it is is very interesting. I mean, the Wyoming landing spot, among other things, winless, <laughs> winless as a senior, so we can't yeah. even say well he's a winner. Um, but I mean, I, I'm rooting for it. That would be very fun. And you know, Josh Allen, I don't think was that great in high school either and had a cannon of an arm who who knows who knows the whole wing t thing maybe getting a real offense and we can have some fun there all right you heard it next josh allen you heard it here first folks <laughs> um all right so i'm gonna go with caleb mccreary a guy out of the state of alabama who's committed to troy um which is an interesting landing spot honestly because the guy that's been there for like six years is now gonna can't play anymore i don't think he can play anymore gunner watson and so there's going to be an opening here at Troy. They may get a transfer. Who knows what? But this kid is an extremely fun runner. You can see here he's like juking guys on the backfield. He's very electric on the ground. Uh, ran for 100 or 1,100 yards and 24 touchdowns as a senior this year. Uh, the arm's a little suspect. I think we don't have a velocity, but it looks a little loopy at times. Um, but sometimes he can really gun it in there. It's just a little inconsistent. Uh, a smaller guy, 5'11", 180, <clears throat> 64% on the season, 10 yards per attempt with 126 QBR. So all those numbers and efficiency look pretty good. Smaller guy, G5 is probably the perfect place for him unless he turns out to be an absolute terror on the ground. Um, and, you know, like a Tommy Castellanos potentially uh, who succeeded reasonably well in the P5. But I think G5 is a great place for him to start. Uh, and certainly a guy like like a Castellanos that if he gets a chance and is putting up big ground numbers can be a fantasy starter pretty quickly. All right, David, moving all the way down. Alonzo Contreras, a guy I actually have been eyeing, uh, you know, when we put these three-star lists together, there's a lot of guys that don't make the cut, but he was definitely on my short list of interesting players. Headed to San Jose State. Tell us about the 5'11", 180-pound 180 uh, 180 Contreras. Yeah, this is my classic, uh, you know, smaller G5 quarterback, underdog quarterback type guy. I like to bet That's on just for fun. He's, uh, he's like a – I like these fun, small, twitchy guys. They're just fun to me. I think he he can run. You can see he, he, he's like a pretty decent runner. He's got some agility to him. Um but like his rushing stats aren't impressive. I think he usually runs to throw type guy. Like he's just gonna extend plays and try to look for someone downfield. Um, but I don't know San Jose State. I, I honestly I didn't think about the landing spot too much. Like Siobhan Cordero was pretty good there. Maybe not so much last year, two years ago at least. But he had like Elijah Cook. I remember Elijah Cook was a pretty good receiver for them. But 
I think he's going to be like 25 this coming year. And I think then he's out the door. And then after that, I'm not really sure. So I don't know. Maybe he'll compete for the starting job after he leaves. Yeah, he's a fun guy. I like that nice compact motion. Looks like he can get the ball there. That one throw was like, I feel like it was like 50 yards in the air. I think it was like second throw on that clip. Pretty impressive stuff. Um, all right, Matt, you're next with a guy that we don't have any stats for. Adrian Posse going to UAB, although we do have good velo on him. Uh, so what do you like about Posse? Uh, yeah, he, he's probably the guy with the most, uh, the best offer list that we'll talk about tonight. Uh, he's been offered by Georgia, Ohio State, LSU, Notre Dame, Texas A&M. Uh, and, you know, I doubt most of them are acceptable at this point. I think a lot of them came from either sophomore or junior year. But uh, he, he is signed and uh, ready to play UAB, which, uh, you know, was a pretty awesome CFF spot with uh, Jacob Zeno there last year. Uh, I can't imagine they'll recruit over him. He has a really high-end arm, uh, 54 ball velocity. I think his release is really quick as well. Um, like you said, unfortunately, no stats on him. There's no senior tape either except for one game against uh, Chaminade, uh, Madonna, and uh, you know, he looked all right in it. Uh, you know, it's really hard to tell just from you know one game's worth of you know like five plays. So, and that with no stats available on it either. But yeah, I, I think he's just a good quarterback. Uh, you know, good upside on top of it, going to a great CFF system. Uh, not not something they question too much. Yeah, I mean, Trent Dilfer had a nice offense in high school um, in Nashville where he coached and then kind of got a surprise offer for UAB, you know, and went down to coach UAB. I think this was his first season at UAB or second. I, I, I think it's first. I think it's first too. So, so you know, and and Zeno went from a guy who historically, I'm just looking at it right now, had never really played a whole lot, but you know, basically career sub sixty percent completion percentage and limited action, and then seventy three percent this year, eight point two yards per attempt. Um, you know, really nice season for UAB, like you said. So, I think Trent Delfer, that's a fun offense and probably something for a long time we thought of them as just ground and pound play defense uh but uab might need to be uh you know a system that we think about off as the a decent offense uh which is kind of a new thought i feel like for uab other than the historic they've had a bunch of running backs for a while but you know maybe the passing game now is going to flourish um all right i'm going to tucker parks a guy out of the state of texas he is committed to western kentucky which obviously we love Western Kentucky still not as good as the year before, but still a, a place that we really like for offense. Um, and he is 6'2", 195. He has some really nice numbers, 66%, uh, 11.1 yard per attempt, 119 QBR, but had 132 as a junior. Um, he, I think he got injured a little bit as a senior, but like that's a nice on the throw on the run there, like, putting it really with the receiver in stride to catch it. He can also run here. Look at this, like designed, designed QB power, basically, and then takes it outside and is beating safeties to the end zone. I mean, that is pretty impressive. He can absolutely get it done on the ground and seems to have a pretty nice arm when we don't have velo on him, but uh, seems to have a pretty, pretty solid arm, played in, in Texas. And, uh, you know, I like all those kind of check boxes. But then also the tape to me is pretty fun. 
The offensive landing spot is pretty fun. And uh, I think Austin Reed's got to be done. So, you know, open season at the Western Kentucky, uh, Western Kentucky quarterback position. All right, going, uh, I guess, David never found a fifth guy, was being too hard on himself. But um, we'll go to Matt for his fifth and final. A guy I like, I just honestly kept him off because of stature, which is dumb because who cares about this right now? But DJ Bailey, very fun player. Uh, Did he go to DeSoto High, right? So he's been throwing Dante Cook uh, the year prior, and I think they've got some pretty good receivers over there. But uh, what do you like about this 5'11", 220-pound stout quarterback? Uh, yeah, I think he kind of falls in a similar bucket for me as uh, Mika Alejado and Darius Curry, where if he was, you know, three inches taller, then he'd probably be playing uh, P4 ball next year. But uh, unfortunately, he just isn't. So uh, it's just how it is. He's a two-time state champion at DeSoto. DeSoto just had an undefeated season this year. Uh, 68% completion rating, 3,300 yards, 44 touchdowns, two interceptions. Doesn't get that much better. It doesn't get much better than that playing, you know, high end Texas ball. Uh, you know, he definitely has good pieces around him still, but, uh, you know, it, it's still a lot to do, be, be that efficient, you know, at that level. Uh, going to Sam Houston State, which, you know, wasn't exactly an awesome spot last year, but they were 13th most uh, in pass attempts last year. You know, that probably has a little bit due to being behind the games and, you know, passing the second half, but still, they, they want to pass the ball, it seems like. Uh, I can't imagine they have anybody that much better than him. So he could be a year two starter, I would hope at least. Uh, So he's definitely more of like a uh, CFF dynasty style pick that I I might be taking you at the end of uh, startup drafts. Yeah, 146 QBR really does not get much better than that. I mean, I I don't know what the absolute max is, but that's that's one of the higher ones I even listed on this whole sheet. So pretty interesting guy and you know, he's small, but he can run and he's thick, 220 pounds. So that's a really interesting pick. And then I'm going to go with my final guy here. And he's probably, he's continued to just be one of my favorite QBs in the class. Uh, Jace Stuckey headed to an offensive, you know, kind of a wasteland of Eastern Michigan. And we don't have a velo, but this guy looks like he's got legitimate arm strength. Um, I really like his motion, and he really does seem to fire some balls in there. Like that right there is just – that ball gets there quick. Um, sometimes these can be deceiving, but, you know, without the actual velo. But, like, that's a big-time throw cross all the way to the sideline there. I think he's got a legit arm. He's 6'3", 185, 72% completion, 11.8 yards per attempt. Um, and I didn't write down his rushing, but I know he's a legitimate rushing threat as well. So he's kind of like all the boxes checked. He's going to the Mac. And if I had a velo number at 54 or better, I'd be like, I think he's got, you know, P5, P4 graduation potential. Um, he just looks like he's got a lot of tools, very fun player, easy arm action, gets the ball there and, uh, you know, can get it done on the ground. So a guy, you know, based on what I'm seeing and based on what I know about Eastern Michigan's QB room, I think he's a guy who could play pretty quickly. Now, obviously I don't know for a fact, his ability to read defenses and stuff like that. That's kind of difficult to tell from high school highlights, but um, I think there's a lot of potential with those tools for Jay Stuckey. All right. I guess that does it. We're right about 35 minutes. So that's good. Um, That's a lot of names. Most of these guys are G5. 
And, you know, we're going to be hoping for success and, uh, you know, that upgrade to P5 if we really are thinking about Devi potential. But otherwise, I think all these guys can be very fun uh, for your CFF. And, like, it really can't be overlooked that on the college fantasy side of a C2C league, you're going to rotate QBs in the G5 level because the the scoring is just obscene. So, you know, unless you have your, you're lucky enough to have Jaden Daniels. I mean, a lot of times your best starters in, in the college fantasy side are going to be in the G5 ranks. So don't overlook them. They are easy to pick up on waivers late in drafts, depending on how many rounds you draft, but certainly guys who you should have as a watch list on waivers. When you hear they're starting, pick them up. Uh, and that can happen honestly any week of the year of the season. So I think these names are very good to file away, even if you're not going to be drafting them on your supplemental draft day. Guys, thanks a lot. A lot of great names, a lot of fun players here. Uh, and we will probably break next week, do a do an all-star game review, and then we'll be back the next week after that with three-star running backs, which I've already got my list going, and uh, it's a lot more P5. So that will be that will be fun. P4, I guess. Now it's P4. So um, all right, gentlemen, thanks a lot. Have a great night. This is the official. Oh, my God.